Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Are we tapping? Well, ladies and gentlemen, here we are in the last (laughs) hours of Glenn Close not being an Academy Award winner. We are five hours away. I am fully expecting Ben to update his letterbox list of the best best actors. And put the wife number one, and then I'm going to post it that Well, no, it'll be a great (laughs) gag. It'll be a great gag. Mm -hmm. But I I was thinking of this one, I'm like, I swear to God, if he even puts it in the top 20, like, I'm going to murder him. I truly would not live there. This is like lower mid tier. This is, well, it's your list. I would put it lower mid tier. It's in the mid tier. I mean, she was in my top five performances of the year. Right. Top five performances in general. Or an actress. I'd have to think about that, but I meant actress, but she's yeah. high for me. See, for me, and we we are all on the record about thinking the wife is um, <laughs> barely held together with Elmer's glue and rubber bands, mm-hmm. but Glenn is extraordinary in it. I've been seeing some recent chat on the internet about, like, we need to stop pretending Glenn Close is good in the wife from, like, that is... from like, gays we are friends with, and I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you on? I'm not here for that. I was, I went, I went thrifting with my friend Claire yesterday. This is a friend who, like, got off Letterbox like over the past six months because she was like, "I'm tired of it." Like, yeah. this is this is someone who's out who who is a big film fan. I went to film school with her, but it's really not in our in this, especially in this gay film discourse. Yeah. And she was like, "I finally caught up with the wife." I'm like, "What did you think?" She was like, "Yeah, it's like she's like I liked the movie fine. She's like it's not good. I liked it fine. She's like, but Glenn, she's like, do you ever like, do you ever just like." She's like, do you ever get like lost in watching Glenn just listen to people? Yes. Like it, 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 yes. Is, it is apparent like to anybody who, and, uh-huh. I'm, and, and she's by no means like a layman. We used to go to right. Cine Family all together, all the time together. Like she's a, she has really good taste, but she, we never really talk about acting. And that like, that was the first thing she singled out. I'm like, yeah. it is clear. If you say Glenn Close is an oil man, you will agree. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is just apparent. Everyone, well, most people love Glenn in this movie. When this releases, she will be in Oscar this is the funniest thing about recording this right before the Oscars. If she loses, this apartment is going to explode. <laughs> Just there's be no. A, way. I had a. I had a. There's good, no way. I had a good reaction. I, I've been thinking about Ben and Glenn a lot this morning <laughs> because he's just been inundating us with the content really over have. the past week. And I rewatched Fatal Attraction and Dangerous Liaisons this week. And you know what? You know what I realized? You're like we feel. The same ways about, like, fa- I feel about Fatal Attraction, not personal connection, but, like, I feel about Fatal Attraction, and you feel about Dangerous Liaisons. Right. And that, like, it infuriates me that you gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd, which is exactly the inverse. Like, right. with Dangerous Liaisons, I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. Like, we both stand both of the movies, but we both are a little frustrated that the other person just doesn't understand. Like, oh, I'm not frustrated. Well, we... <laughs> Can we just keep the bit? No. You were frustrated. You were frustrated when I logged out three and a half stars. I mean, I performatively was. Yeah, and this, what is this but performative, Ben? Well, this I'm, is a podcast. I'm not in that space right now. <sighs> you ruined the Jesus bit. fucking I Christ. I can't talk. Brandon, yeah, why don't you talk about <laughs> your throat? Help me. 
My, I have been ill. I have fallen ill. We had to postpone recording. This is one of our latest recordings ever. Ever. Yeah, because I was ill, and now we're recording, and my voice is gone. Brandon, can you just take a pill and go to bed? <laughs> I hate you. I wish I could. No. I wish you could, too. These I, are words of support. I just, I can't believe we have to sit through the Oscars. We have a lot of, we have to sit through a whole 70-minute Queen performance. <laughs> it's going to be, that's and then why we have they to, had to uh, cut the And then we have words. to tune into Whiskey Cavalier. Ah, I can't wait. <laughs> Whiskey Cavalier. Tune into Whiskey America's Cavalier. favorite new show, Whiskey Cavalier. I mean, it does sound like something Rosalind Danger Rosalind just got does. fun. I will be tuning in. <laughs> I will be tuning out. Mm. I am so angry mm. at Whiskey Cavalier. Just Whiskey Cavalier. They're holding us hostage. This, this whole no, exactly. Yeah, Danger just got fun. It's just that title. Like it's you you just know what is it? In, the, in an ABC development room, they were just pitching titles. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know, uh, Whiskey Cavalier. They're like, "Oh, that's good." That's the one. That's good. Oh, and Melissa McCarthy in the ranch careful, in the ranch naming <laughs> Sem- not seminar. Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> That's good. <gasps> <gasps> Wait, what? The SNL sketch of Melissa oh. McCarthy tasting ranch. Oh yeah. Getting so what happens? What happens if Melissa McCarthy wins Best Actress? It would be very exciting. I would be very disappointed, but it would be very exciting. See, this is, and then what if Olivia Coleman wins Best Actress? Well, I'm. I would be more disappointed because I know it's happened. It could happen. Yeah. It's like the surprise of Melissa would make me happy. Yeah. And I that, still like your prediction, Ben, about how Willem Dafoe, or it's not your official prediction, but like that Willem Dafoe is going to sneak in and be the surprise mm. winner because of all that <clears throat> vote splitting. Mm. Yes, Brandon? What if Yalitza wins? Oh, oh that that's be, a moment. That would be a moment. What if Gagal wins? Also, well, I mean, here's the thing. That, if, no, but if any anyone wins that category, it's going to be a moment. Mm-hmm. Glenn, a star is crowned. Gaga, a star is born. Or no, yeah. Yalitza, a star is born. Gaga, it will be like the Titanic and the Kodak Theater. Everyone will drown from yeah. all the tears that are pouring out it of her eyes. Wild. I mean, Melissa, I think that Melissa, like, I just imagine how surprised she would be. I know. You Melissa know? would be so over. excited. She would, be, yeah. she would swear. She'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. She would literally say, oh, fuck. And, and then, then and then she would, there. like, cover her yeah. mouth, like, not Melissa Leo. Here's the thing about <laughs> Melissa Leo winning Best Supporting Actress and saying, fuck. She knew she was going to get bleeped. Like, yeah. Melissa Leo was, manu- she was Monique Hart. She was manufacturing that moment. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she was producing herself. Um, if Melissa did it, she would genuinely be apoplectic with apology yeah. right after. Here's something that I was thinking about yesterday that re-solidifies why I think Olivia Coleman cannot win. But, by the way, this comes out after the Oscars, so... Right. Yeah. So we'll see how this... Yeah. But I just... The Academy very rarely for Best Actress gives it to someone who does not single-handedly carry their movie. It's mm-hmm. very rare. Mm-hmm. You have to be the lead mm-hmm. to win Best Actress historically. Mm-hmm. And Olivia shares it. She shares it. Yeah. Gay rights. Mm-hmm. I, and the wife is about being a woman, and they love that too. They, yeah. I mean, they they, love, she's the she's the true lead, and it's about being a wife. Mm-hmm. She's a wife. I am I the am. Nobel Prize. <laughs> Chuck's Nobel Queen. Prize at the window. What are you doing? <laughs> Long scene of them pulling over to retrieve it. 
cinema. <laughs> I am. Um, oh my god! So I Bjorn Ranga. I have to say, I have to say. So I was when I was thrifting with my friend Claire yesterday. We were sort of in the the odds and ends, like the knickknack section. Mm-hmm. Um, like I got some great cookie jars with like flowers on them, and I found like a bunch of weird like figurines. And she pointed out this enormous walnut that like opened in half, and she was like, "What does this remind you of?" I was like. I don't know. And she, she mimed writing like, I love you, like on the wall. And then she's like, the wife. Yes. Oh my God. I was like, this is the first time like the wife has ever been referenced in yes. a thrift store about it's a my, giant ceramic walnut. One of my favorite moments of the year is when Glenn Close pelts Jonathan Price with a walnut. <laughs> it, I think it, it was, I think it was Griffin Newman on Blank Check made a really good point, which was just like, one of the things that's so terrible about the wife is that the walnut thing is not just a one-off or a character detail. It becomes comes plot yes. like like i think you're saying like the moment you realize that it is like a plant and payoff mm-hmm. is just infuriating mm. you know what a script what, what a film sc- what a script what a, what a film. film bjorn runga knows where to put the camera at all times remember the nobel peace prize rehearsal scene and it's a shaky cam and he's just like swiveling around <laughs> fuck is happening i mean my favorite moment is is during the actual ceremony when the frame just ticks down half a click like in the middle of the speech like oh yeah not not like the, the camera wasn't set the camera wasn't set <laughs> and they rolled yeah well they, and that's the take not, they use it's not just that they rolled it's that yeah that they used the take like you can adjust <sighs> in frame like if that's not right you're always get another one like you, you might be able to use that for right it. but don't don't include the adjustment <laughs> what the fuck what a moment. How's your green smoothie, wow, Ben? It's but very wow, what good. a moment. Is there kiwi in that? No. I, what are the, oh, it, is it poppy seed or chia seed? It's chia strawberry. seed. Strawberry. Oh, it's strawberry. <laughs> we never posted a photo of Linda. Oh, fuck. What were you going to post about Linda? I don't know. We just say we were going to post a photo of Linda. We never do. <laughs> it's very sad. You bringing that to life sad. is almost like midway through the second act in an Ascar Farhadi movie oh. where someone's like... <laughs> You never posted the picture of Linda. It's like, oh God! I'm like, oh it's bro- God. broke the whole thing wide open. Wow. Uh, Great segue. I think that's a fantastic Who's in segue. Charge, I'm in charge oh. because I'm the only one with a fully functioning voice. Right. <clears throat> okay, shut up. <laughs> Welcome to another episode. A healthy, sprightful, just alive. Frankly, hello, alive, uh, just like Francis McDormand in Shortcuts. Which I'll be watching. Preview of next Which week. I'll be watching <laughs> after the Oscars with a strong buzz on mm. for all three hours. Hell yeah. This is Movies IMO. We are your three fave film fags. We are here to chat about movies. We are here to scream about the cinema. Mm. And we are here to talk about... She's running. <laughs> Linda. L- Linda. Doing she- running. <laughs> and we are here to describe the cute cat running around mm. the apartment. Sure are. My name's Daniel Crook. Yeah. I'm... Brandon Kirby. I'm Ben Empey. Today we are discussing the newest film by Iranian auteur Asghar Farhadi. One of the greatest living humanists today. Thank you. I will we'll talk about that. Did this win something at Cam? This one, no. <laughs> but, it, but it was the, uh, not this one. Which is just like, because but right, right before, before I was like, said, he always wins something at Cannes. It was and the then o- I was like, oh, did I forget? It was the me? opening night film at Cannes, which is which is often the opposite of a prize. It is generally mm-hmm. like a, a scarlet letter on a film, right? And I think that that has a lot to do with the way that this movie is being dismissed before people see it. Mm-hmm. Ben and I are not so hot on. I, I don't think either of us hate it, but we're not so hot on it. 
Brandon really likes it, but it's like, I just don't see any reason why not to anticipate this movie. <laughs> like yeah. I was still very excited. It's yeah. for Hadi's first Spanish language film. It's for Hadi working with three of the biggest stars on the world cinema. Mm-hmm. Like it's, very exciting. What's not, what's not to look forward very to? Exciting. It's very something to look forward to. And you know what? In in dark days like this, what do we have but those those shining stars of the the, the light at the end of the tunnel that Is we shining stars like Penelope Cruz. Yes. Ah, it's just Javier Bardem. Just knowing you get to go Ricardo Darin to the landmark cinema for a new Farhadi have clusters of old people asking each other questions. What's going on? Throughout the whole thing. Is that the boyfriend? What did ben, the old... Ben, mean? Ben, after everybody knows, turns to me, I have some questions. <laughs> Number one. At least you waited till the end. Number one, was that the boyfriend? Or did they just kind of look similar? I was like, I think they just oh, look similar. I had that same thought. I was like, wait a minute. Oh, we will be spoiling the film. We'll definitely be spoiling the film. This is a, we'll be spoiling three films. Yeah, and the thing about Farhadi, we, we will try we will try and go one by one, and when we link them together, we will try not to spoil too much, because if you haven't seen about Ellie, I think, it's, well, Separation, I think, is his best movie. I am going to spoil a separation because I have a question that well, I, we have like to. I need explained. I think Fair. I know what the question is. And that is the reason I have to give it four and a half. I think I know what it is. Oh, wait, can we just open with that? I'm curious. Okay, so we're spoiling a separation. Skip forward a minute. Okay, what? I, I It just bothers me on a structural level yeah. that we see the woman go outside to get the father, but we don't see her get hit by the car. We, I don't think it works that you can, that you see part of the scene. And then the, the thing that happens in the scene is not revealed until later. That's a problem for me. I, it's um, intentional. I know, but it's a problem for me. Um, I mean, I fair. think I think so much. I I like. I disagree, I like but that. we 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 have our own things that we care about. I every time I've seen this movie, it bothers me when she starts talking about when that that's she revealed. I think that's, when, that she got hit by. A I car. think that. But Farhadi loves a reveal. I well, know, no. But then, so, then we shouldn't go outside with her to find the father. Well, then we. That's my opinion. I think that if I I, I think that if we never see, even see her go outside, then we are going to be blindsided by what even moment she's talking about the timeline because it's in it's almost implied that she got something happened because the cause there's the a moment scene yeah. is very. Chaotic. Tense film, yeah. and, and then you're like, quick, "Oh, she is." And then she's back, hit. and she's washing her face, but right. it's not. It's just not clear enough. No, but I think that I mean, and you know this, but like that's sort of the point. Like I think mm-hmm. that so much of a separation is you see every detail in the first thirty minutes in plain sight or hinted at, which are just bri- like like for instance the the teacher giving the tutor giving the number for the doctor, mm-hmm. um, or um, I'm just going to use that one so I don't yeah. waste a lot of time here. We don't even realize that we've been handed the clues. What I think is so skillful about that, that's what's skillful about Farhadi as a director, is how he brings it back. What's skillful about him as a writer is the way, the way that he chooses, to, where he chooses to divulge this information mm-hmm. and how he is able to make a revelation such mm-hmm. as. He did hear the t- he did hear the teacher saying that like right and then making that such a yeah. big deal. But we don't see, I don't believe that we see him in the kitchen listening to that. Similar to how we no, don't see her no. get hit by a car. Right. It's like these. It's this whole thing that we never have the complete picture of the story. Like what is truth? Like yeah. which has so many perspectives. It's but um, it's just it feels different to me that we don't see her get hit by a car, and it just it feels manipulative in a bad way as opposed to manipulative as he's a director telling it, the story. It I is would, it is a detail that stands out. Because the second time when I watched it for this episode, I remember her revealing that and me thinking back and being like, oh, right, that 
So it does stand out, but mm-hmm. for me, it doesn't stand out as bad. But no. I, I, will, I get that. I will say, and this is only because this is a podcast, so we're supposed to exchange ideas. I totally take that that's your problem with it. But I would counter by saying, one, if we don't see her go outside at all, then it's going to feel even more ginned up in the mm-hmm. moment. We're, we're going to be like, like, basically, we would go from her being like, where is he? To like later being like, oh, there he is. Like we would have, it would fe- I think that it would feel shoehorned in for her later to be like, I went outside and I got hit by a car. It's like, what? We didn't even see you leave the house. Yeah. And two, what's the alternative? We see her get hit by the car. Because if we see her get hit by the car, there's no, there's no drama in this entire movie. I know. We know, we know that that's what caused the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So it's... It is, it's just the original sin of the movie for me. I, so you, what you're saying is you would just... I think it is fundamentally... Yeah. flawed in that way because of that interesting detail i think that's i think it's interesting i think it's dark i think it's layered I think it's, it's, yeah. by the it's way very and, rich and <laughs> when i was thinking when we watched all these movies i'm like or when ben and i were watching everybody knows i'm like i don't think we've ever had a movie that is more on the nose towards dark layered mm. rich complicated <laughs> who know who knows that well everybody knows everybody knows everybody, everybody knows what the fuck's going on mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Wow. Uh, so we're, ta- we're talking about Farhadi's newest film. Everybody knows, starring Penelope Cruz, Javier Bardem, Ricardo Darín, and a bunch of folks I don't know. Um, we I are don't all even know who Ricardo Darín is. He is probably the biggest actor in South America. There's, He's a, there's another another female apart. He's been from... called like the Nicholson of. Who did he play? He plays the husband. Mm. And then the woman who plays. I should pull up. The sister? Penelope's sister. Javier Bardem's sister? No, no, no. Oh. Javier Bardem's... Oh, wife? Wife. Oh. She's somebody. Okay. I thought she was quite good. She I, is quite she good. She had a couple moments where, frankly, the performance didn't completely land for me, but she also had a few... It's like she she is tasked with so Barbara much. Barbara Lenny. Yeah. She's tasked with so much in that role. Like She, she has is. to be exasperated and confused and upset and like... Mm-hmm. It's hard for anybody to land all those notes. It's yeah. like the ones that she did land, I was very impressed by. The ones that were sort of near misses, I was like, I'm blaming the script for not believing this more than I'm blaming sure. the actress. We're talking about Everybody Knows, the film that opened the Cannes Film Festival last year, kidnapping drama, ensemble picture. We'll talk about it. Then we're going to talk about, well, then Brandon has Brandon has done a lot of uh, Brandon extra. Brandon has watched Brandon, every single. Brandon has watched every Oscar for Hottie movie, save Fireworks I am, Wednesday. Okay, I watched A Separation. I was like, that's it. I'm lit. I forgot <laughs> how much I liked for Hottie. Yeah. So I watched The Salesman, and then I, which I loved when I saw it, and I loved it again. And then I watched The Past, because it's um, his, second, his first film, not in his native language before. It's French, right? It's French. Oh. Um, so that... Was interesting, and I'm glad I interesting, rich and layered, and dark and deep. And Ooh, I was, and I was deep. Gl- deep. I like that. Let's go and I'm, I was glad I watched it because <laughs> the past has a lot, um, a lot in common with everybody knows, just in its structure and its melodrama. Is it a kidnapper? In no, the past? no, but disappearance. Or but something? like most Farhadis, the big incident, like separation and, and uh, um, salesman, like the incidences are like smaller and more like. Mm-hmm. And then they unravel. And then they unravel rich, deep, and layered ways. Truly um, layered. But Truly layered. The, the past is about, essentially, if you break it down, about a woman in a coma. And everybody knows is about a kidnapping. So those are his two movies that are about like big things that mm. become secondary <clears throat> to the drama. That's, yeah, that's a good point. The I haven't drama. seen the past, but, the the, but then about, about Ellie, you think, is about something like, you know, small things, but then... A, about, Someone drowns. About Ellie is everything. about fuck the bourgeoisie. Uh, sure. I is. love the big chill. 
Uh, is it I not Illinois? Not the big chill. I was going to make a your, big chill log. Yeah, make yeah. But I, I did a big chill log. I know I almost did, oh. but it was a. Uh, the first great hangout movie. The first great hangout movie. It, and it, where's the lie? Mm-hmm. Where's the lie? Mm. So we're talking about A Separation, the film that won Farhadi his first foreign language film Oscar. Also, in Ben must disagree because of the fundamental flaw, but I think one of the most exciting screenplay nominees of the decade. Yes. I think. It's I mean, it's a great screenplay. It just has a fundamental, a fundamental flaw. flaw. And, and you know what, Ben? Don't, don't we all have fundamental flaws at the end of the day? Truly. I, may, I think it makes the film more human, mm. more rich in its humanity. Wow. I and love then, humanity. And then we're talking about... The winner of the Tribeca Film Festival in 2009 about Ellie, my coworker, mm. was working at Tribeca when this happened, and she had told me a funny story, which I don't feel comfortable sharing because it's not my story and it's a professional thing, but about, about, about Farhadi's people. Glad the story exists. The story exists. <laughs> I'd be happy to ask her to tell it to you. Mm. But mm. about, I think. And then I'm, it came out in America in 2015. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, about Ellie is kind of. My understanding is the movie that really launched Farhadi onto the international mm-hmm. scene. Like, there was Fireworks Wednesday, which I think is before that. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also got released in America in like 2016 or something. I remember seeing a commercial for it at the uh, uh, New Art. Mm. Um, so yeah, we're talking about um, <laughs> we're talking about everybody knows separation about Ellie. Hell yeah! Really, I feel very bad about the about Ellie drowning joke I made on the podcast uh, the other week. What joke? I made a joke about Yelitz Aparicio diving into the ocean to save oh. Ellie, and when I was watching the movie, I'm like, God, that's like not okay. <laughs> It's oh, fine. it's fiction. I don't even. Yeah, make these are not that. real people. It's I don't fine. Even make that connection. Um, Did y'all know? Everybody knows was a kidnapping drama before it happened. I, I knew assumed. That. Really? Based on the trailer? Because I had everybody knows. I had. I went in completely blind, and I will admit. Had you seen the trailer? No, I didn't see the trailer. So I knew nothing. I just assumed, just like Penelope's face. That's the face of a woman who has lost her child. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I thought the that whole, is Angelina Jolie and Changeling. Mm. I thought it was going to be more like a separation, like a buildup of like more minor transgressions mm. that create something. But it was an event movie, right? So when the kidnapping happened, I will admit I was like, oh. <laughs> like I can't believe this. But then what he did with it, I was back in board. Mm-hmm. I feel like I knew it was a kidnapping drama from when it opened can mm. and was pr- panned by most people. I just remember like kidnapping be like being a buzzword mm. yeah yeah it's uh, well, yeah it's a kidnapping movie yeah. well so should yeah. i quickly say what it's about i'm yeah. not gonna get into all the twists and turns i will just say that the film takes place or the beginning of the film let me start over you don't have to delete this but the movie begins at a wedding we have laura and her daughter irene and her son, whose name I don't remember, are flying in from what we assume was Buenos Aires. They're coming in from Argentina, flying to Spain for her sister's wedding. Once there, we meet the family. We meet the whole crew. We got a crotchety old dad. It's a lot of fun. It's a, and everybody's having a pretty good time. It's a hoot. We are also introduced to Paco. We meet the old lover. The old lover, the old flame, played by Javier Bardem, who is now running a successful, a very successful vineyard. Mm-hmm. So successful With that he, an earring. So success that how hot is that oh, one God. earring? What a pirate! <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to? Yes. Do you do you want Javier Bardem, the pirate, to find your booty? Mm. Wow. Anyway, sorry. Wow. <laughs> um, Paco, Paco is such a successful successful vintner that he even goes into <laughs> to high schools to demonstrate how wine is made by squeezing grapes, Can and the must comes out. Now? And he's like, "Nope, okay, the teacher's gone. Come on and have some." How charismatic is Javier Bardem? Very, very. 
creep. I like yeah, when he yeah. like I never saw good actor. I never saw Pirates Seven or whatever it was. Where does he like? Can you take him to me? <laughs> like, is he in that? Yeah, remember that. Oh. Remember that extended teaser trailer where he's like in the in the hull of a ship and yeah, behind bars. Isn't his, isn't his head like rotting? His or head something? is like half rotting, and, and he's no like, he's this. like, do you know Jack Sparrow? He's like, can you take him to me? Like it's this. Yeah, because it was. Is was it that was that pre? Um, when he was the Skyfall villain or post, post Skyfall? Post. So he was like oh. in full villain mode. Can I put? Mm. Can I put forth a theory? <laughs> this is a que- this is queer theory. It's a theory that is queer, and it's about queer theory. I think. Well, let, let's let me establish my premise. Skyfall. When we think of Javier Bardem, the villain, and James Bond and their relationship, gay. what is the first thing we think of? Gay. Who is Daniel Craig married to? Rachel. Vice. Fucking gay Vice. Rachel Vice, who is obsessed with gay people. Mm. Shit, this the sex was good. I think that Rachel Vice <laughs> made a suggestion to Sam Mendes. She was just like on set. She's like, what? What if they were like? into each other she, she's, she's like what if he like runs his arms up my husband's mm. legs she's like working out this like gay fantasy and she's trying to be more inclusive and have more representation in the pictures mm. so that's my theory sam, i thought of it today sam said wow. big yes and then rachel went <laughs> home that night and asked daniel craig if she could peg him mm. and he was like anything for you he was like yes <laughs> yes my queen. Please peg me. My queen. Anyway, that's my theory. I love that. So, um, the we- so Paco is Laura's uh, old flame. Lover. Uh, apparently, they hung out in a bell tower. Yeah. And. So stupid. Laura, Laura <laughs> is. Laura he is- used to go up to the top of that bell tower. What are they swinging on those ropes up there? <laughs> I love the moment. So, like, they, they are. Irene and her cousin, so Laura's daughter, they're up in the bell tower and she's like, I'm going to swing on it. And he's like, what are you doing? There's a wedding going on downstairs. Mm. And then in a very funny cut, like cuts from her like swinging around on the bell mm. to like the ceremony where everyone, like the whole, the, the wedding guests are just like in the pews and like looking at each other like, what the fuck? Why are the wedding bells going off? Or the church bells? And then the priest is like, this is a great reminder of why we need more money for this church. This is uh-huh. your church. So we need your money. It belongs to you. Take better care of it. Yeah. And then Laura, Later, Penelope, like, is like, he like calls out that Penelope Cruz's husband, who is back in Argentina, like helps pay like to redo like part of the church. And I guess this sets off some alarm bells mm-hmm. that she's pretty rich. It's just like Secret Sunshine. It, yes. It literally is that's, the same that's situation exactly, as Secret Sunshine. Oh, that's exa- yeah. I was trying to think of what it was, that, and that might be what I was thinking of. I mean... Lee Chung Dong has always reminded me of Farhadi. I was thinking that too. Okay. Like not I, burning. Burning I, is a little different. I right. No, same, I completely agree. I had the same thought because like Lee Chang Dong, I think I said on that episode, he always has the turn mm-hmm. and Farhadi always has the reveal. Yeah. They mm-hmm. both are structured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very similar. When I was watching the movies for, when I was watching the homework and Brandon had already logged literally every single Farhadi movie on Letterboxd, all five stars. Thank you. Brandon was like, the reason why Brandon is sick is because I'm you got standing. No, you stand so hard and you got so worked up that your immune system could not take it. Yeah. And that it is why you were sick. too much Farhadi and my body Crud, too much crumbled. for hottie in your body. Oh, oh yeah. But when Brand, when when I when I was watching, everybody knows. I was like, oh, I know why Brandon loves Far Hottie because he loves him for the same reason that he loves Lee Chung Dong. Yeah, because you were so lit on that too. I was lit on Lee yeah. Chung Dong, and I'm lit on Far. The way far, the way far that far. The, the narratives are constantly evolving and the genre mashing and anyway. So anyway, uh, Penelope Cruz's daughter is kidnapped during the wedding, and then oh. it turns into a um, family struggle. To get her back. Yes. Secrets are revealed. Yes. Ownership of land is thrown into question. I love that. 
That's my favorite angle of this movie. The land is the. Give me the land. I'm trying to the do old Sam dad. Elliott in oh. The Star Is Born. Oh, how many points? You were fucking drunk. You were drunk. You turned. You her. turned our ranch into a windmill or whatever. It's a like wind you, farm. You, you turned. You turned her. our ranch into a vineyard. <laughs> that's a, that's what happens in this movie. Yes. Yes. And I like that. So anyway, that's the this plot. This land is mine. <laughs> mine. I love when the dad just like gets drunk at the bar and is like, you all owe your livelihoods to me. That was my land. Mm. And then Javier Bardem is like, baby, you got to stop. He's like, oh, how dare you? You're the one who owes me the most. <laughs> so good. And then and then they're like, you took advantage of my daughter. And then Penelope Cruz comes down and it's like, what's everybody yelling about? Like, mm-hmm. about my kidnapped daughter? They're like, no, about the land. <laughs> about, about the, the land. land. That's the thing. The kidnapping becomes secondary. And right. I love it. I love I love it. I love the land ownership struggle. Okay, so that's the plot of the film. It so- tears the family apart. <laughs> I love families getting ripped to shreds. Well, I love the ending. Of, <laughs> the last shot of this movie is great, even though I don't love the fade to white at the end. But I love that it ends with just the the suggestion that things are about to get even more complicated The now. kidnapping wasn't even the worst of what's to come for no, this No, because family. once we find out who was involved in the kidnapping, right. and, I mean, it's... And it's I gotta not say, about the kidnapping. It's about how fucked up this family is. I do... Which I love. I do really love the the visual storytelling of the muddy shoes mm-hmm. at yes. the end. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really smart. That's like the, the whoever it's that hot. woman is connecting the dots because and the, others. And oh, the oh, realization yeah. on her face the whole time she's like and then and when she, she crosses confront- her on the stairs. And oh, I thought she was gonna you think slap she's gonna slap her. her. You think yeah. and, No, and then it's like But it doesn't and the, I, no, I could think of something, but we'll talk about it in the next episode. Um but like that is that is the power, right? Mm-hmm. Like her not slapping the shit of her, just like staring her down and then mm-hmm. walking away mm-hmm. and then going to talk to her daddy. Mm-hmm. She she decides not to slap her niece on the face. She decides to tell her I thought daddy. that's her daughter. I think it is. I think that's correct. I yeah. think I think that's her daughter and that's her mom. And then she tells her daddy. Mm-hmm. Get ready for hell, bitch. <laughs> Get ready for impeachment. <laughs> so, Brandon. What? As you loved the film the most. Okay. Yeah. Perhaps you would like to uh, give us an opening statement of sorts. Well, let's see what I wrote down. <laughs> I sort of let's pull up the file. <laughs> we've, ledger. We've, we've sort of already... I guess this is where I'll just monologue about the past. Great. Yeah, of course. Okay, so the past <laughs> is about an ex-husband who comes to uh, his ex-wife's place um, to file, to, to officially sign the paperwork, right? And so um, you find out that uh, somehow the the ex-lover of the ex-wife's new boyfriend, uh, she found out about the affair and she tried to kill herself. And that, oh, wait, so far this sounds about right for a Farhadi movie. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a lot of setup. And she goes into a coma. Because she like drinks something to try to kill herself and it just puts her in a coma. So you forget that like there's a woman in a coma. Like that's the big thing. But it becomes so secondary and it becomes all about like, well, who who revealed the affair to and then all these different layers come up like how did the ex lover of the new boyfriend find out? And then all the of course Farhadi fashion, the Farhadi formula. You find out all these secrets, mm-hmm. um, and then at the end, I'm just going to spoil it, whatever. He, okay, well, we're going to spoil the past. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to spoil it for you guys, too. Great, that's fine. It's fine. So, Farhadi punches you in the fucking face at mm. the end with the last 30 seconds. I love 3D. Because it's implied that the one, she's in a coma. She's, mm-hmm. she's dead. She might as well be dead. Like, she's gone. Like, we can move on with our lives. But what I love is how, and everybody knows, everyone says, well, everybody knows. Mm-hmm. In, in the past, it's, no one says it explicitly, but every single scene implies, well, the past is not in the past <laughs> and it's so good uh, right and so the last the past is not buried the past is not dead um well, and, I love, that, like, and that's everybody knows too like mm-hmm. they think it's in the past nope all this shit's gonna come up so well, let me just say this last yeah yeah scene. yeah, yeah, yeah. um he goes you watch as the new boyfriend goes to the wife who's in a coma or the ex-lover and he spritzes a perfume and he puts out his hand and he's like whatever her name is, if you can smell my perfume, squeeze my hand. And she squeezes it mm-hmm. really fucking tight. And that's the last shot of the movie and it rolls credits over that. So it fucking oh, destroys shit. you because that last 30 seconds recontextualizes everything you just watched. Like, There's a woman who still loves her ex-husband who's in a coma yeah. and he's trying to move on with her and she's still there. Well, we know? can, in any mm. Farhadi movie, we can mm. never run away from our past. Right. I mean, so that just reminds me of... Because everybody knows your past. Everybody knows your past. Everybody knows. There is no separation between your past and your present. <laughs> and Ellie and if, is going to yell all about your past. I was going to say, and if you want to know more, well, you have to... Well, that doesn't say, you're going to have to, about Ellie. But I meant, like, ask Ellie. Well, anyway. Ask Ellie about it. <laughs> anyway, I just like, and everybody knows how the kidnapping, similar to the past, the big event becomes secondary, and it just becomes about family. Yes. I'm fairly riveted through the first hour of this yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm riveted. I just don't think that it's as taut as some of his other films, and I think eventually all of that secondary drama that is meant to overwhelm the inciting incidents and provoke even more fascinating difficult questions about the characters mm-hmm. just to stop it just ceases to be interesting to me like I, I i have a pretty for like a good 30 minutes in this movie i feel like we're just turning our wheels i know exactly where everybody stands i know that po- like i think that it's supposed to be a bigger moment like a bigger like oomph, like a big bigger moment in the narrative when paco ends up selling the farm and giving the money mm-hmm even when he was faking it, when he was talking to his partner, you could tell that like there is there is a part of him that wants to help out Penelope Cruz. And yeah. then as soon as he finds out that Irene is his daughter, I'm like, well, I know where this is going. And usually Farhadi is so good at staying a couple steps ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you can... St- I don't think that you always have to be kept guessing for a movie to be good. Obviously, that's what we want in a movie. That's what makes movies the best or when the, the movie is ahead of us, right? Mm-hmm. But it just, I don't really find the conversations interesting in the meantime. Like I, it just, it just feels really slack to me at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And, I, and again, I'm riveted through the first hour of this movie. And so when you put up the first and second halves together, I'm just like, it doesn't fully cohere for me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. That's like, that's like my problem with everybody knows. I'm like, I got bored. <laughs> it is boring. And that's, I, think it's boring. I was never bored, but I understand how people could be bored. Do we know, does anyone know if, uh, was it hard to put the financing together for this? Well, you have to wonder why he's doing a Spanish language film in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that I had done more research on this in terms, of obviously, with the Iranian government. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, his films are so critical of Iran anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I assume he has some sort of safety status because he is this... I mean, Panahi is internationally beloved. 
on the critical stage, on the festival yeah. stage. But Farhadi is fairly mainstream as mm-hmm. far as world cinema goes. He has won Oscars. Like, I think Iran knows that, maybe not with our current president, but I think Iran knows that there would be a huge response if they were to arrest Farhadi or, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, he has this, he's, he's sort of safe. He's Hollywood. He's Hollywood. He is Hollywood. He is Hollywood, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a very quick, better way to say it. Mm-hmm. But you have to wonder why he is having to, it makes me think of, um, it makes me think of uh, not maybe Kurosawa, like having to make movies in the Soviet Union. But it's mm. not you know like I'm just like I'm Doing well. But th- that's who I'm talking uh, about. That's who I'm talking about. Thank yeah. you. Um, so you just have to wonder like, is it because he can't get the funding in Iran? Is yeah. it because he's concerned about making a movie there? Like, yeah. what is it exactly? But I think that once you attach Cruz Bardem, and then for South America, Darin, mm. like you've You've got it. You, you you will get financers. Yeah, yeah. It, and he it has just two Oscars. Feels to me like he, like it, it must have been tight. Like watching this movie, it doesn't have the coverage. I th- I mean, maybe it is just what he wanted, but it's the editing isn't as sharp as his other movies, which makes me think he doesn't have the coverage that he wanted. And I mm. I think he cuts a little too much in this movie in some in some dialogue scenes. Uh-huh. You watch about Ellie. I mean, the thing about the Farhadi movies is like you could I'll, I'll get in well, no, I'll just take this moment now. I think you could have a really interesting case study comparing Farhadi and Douglas Sirk. Mm-hmm. Like they are using the melodrama to investigate a social consciousness of its time, like to get into the rules and regulations that a government or society imposes on people and how, while the transgressions that people um, put upon one, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the way that like one little one, one thing you do to somebody can have all these rippling effects through it. Ultimately, the antagonist of these movies is the status quo. Mm-hmm. And I think that Farhadi does this other interesting thing where he paces his films like thrillers rather than as like a woman's picture with Cirque. And of course, that's a, that is a historical term. That is not me being dismissive. That's a historical term. Um, and as a result, he cuts like a thriller, mm-hmm. even in dialogue scenes a lot of the time. And I think it's a really interesting mashup. So it generally works for me. But yeah. in, that, do you follow? Does that mm-hmm. make sense? But in everybody knows, I just I just want him to chill the fuck out for a second and sit with these characters. And so maybe it's because he didn't get enough coverage. Maybe it's because he didn't he just didn't he didn't get the wide shot that he wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah. I I was a, I, I mean we can't we don't know we don't know it's purely right. speculative. Everybody knows, but we don't know <laughs> exactly. Wow. wow, nobody knows what the fuck's going on. Oh, but everybody. Oh, I would like to bring watch up your, my, watch your throat. Watch your throat. My <laughs> issue that I. I said to you as we were leaving, Uh but I, you can't make a Farhadi movie, in my opinion. Farhadi cannot make a Farhadi movie (laughs) in the way that he likes to make movies with an an internationally famous superstar like Penelope Cruz and not give her more weight on the screen. Because I have a previously established relationship with Penelope Cruz and I want to watch her in all of it and I don't get But her what all that's of it. really interesting. Yeah, cuz yeah. there's there's 
that would be my complaint is that there's not enough of her. There's yeah. the, there's not enough on her face the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I want yeah. the whole movie to play out on her face. Mm-hmm. I fundamentally don't agree with this idea. Like, no. and I think it's an interesting idea. Um, I just don't think it makes any sense to ask a director to bend to a star image over their own style. Yeah. I also think that this has been done a million times. Like I think about Judy Garland and judgment at Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. Like she plays such a small part in that movie and you know it's Judy Garland the whole time. Yeah. And it is still effective. But she's highlighted really specifically in that scene. And that's one example. I No, I know. I agree. You know? It also makes me think about Andy McDowell and Shortcuts, which yeah. we will talk about next week. I think she gives a better performance than Penelope Cruz does in this film. But she is very much blended into the ensemble. Um, I don't know. I just like, I think that one, Penelope Cruz is only one of three major stars in this movie. And when you're talking about when you're talking about a relationship with the star on screen, I think in America for us, it's more Penelope, Mm -hmm. but in the Spanish speaking world, it is all three of them or at least two out of three. And so it makes total sense. And I'm a gay man. All of us. To be clear, I want more Penelope in this movie too. Mm -hmm. I just don't agree with the premise of your point because this is not, she is not the star of the movie. It is a three hander. Right. And I think it is fairly well balanced between those, all three of those. I guess what I'm saying is if he's going to do it, he didn't succeed. Mm. In my opinion. Didn't do what? If he is going to make an ensemble movie with a few really famous people, it doesn't work the way that the stars in Shortcuts work as an ensemble. Mm -hmm. The opposite people I don't know as well. Well, that's just... I think that's fine. I mean, I, I think that there is... It's funny to use words like naturalism with Farhadi because he is employing so many cinematic devices, mm-hmm. um, not just in the editing, but just in the in the formula of his stories themselves, these socially conscious melodramatic thrillers. Mm-hmm. Like, you are aware that you are watching a movie as you're watching a Farhadi movie. Just the twists and turns it takes, You, it is a pot boiler, you know that you are in a movie theater. But I do think he strives for a type of verisimilitude in his coverage anyway mm-hmm. that is less interested in a star close-up than it is having a sort of... It's funny enough, funny because what I said to you after the movie, when you made that point, I'm like, that's more of an issue for me with like Murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. than it is this movie. But in his in his wide shots, it, it is almost like an Agatha Christie type thing where you see seven people on screen and you are not given that insert shot or that close up to okay. know exactly where everyone's allegiances lie, what type of secrets they're holding. The, the mystery of it is what is compelling. So... I just don't agree with the point, but I think it's an interesting one and it made me rethink my relationship to, or, or just, just, just the, it's always fun to talk about Dyer, you know, <laughs> like to bring up the star image. Like yeah. I'm always down to have that conversation. Yeah. So I, it made me think about this movie in a different way and I, and I appreciate the point. I just, yeah, I just it, fundamentally disagree with it. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think that's an interesting point as well. I just, if the... it would have been a different movie and it probably would have forced him to break his formula yeah. a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And if he was trying to make his most, you know, quote unquote conventional picture to date, which yeah. I think a lot of people call it that, then why not try that out? Try right. out the star thing. What's funny is I don't think this is his most conventional film to date. I just think that he did a poor I won't say no, at times poor job of Burying the very clear narrative track that these stories are always on. They are mm-hmm. built on melodrama, twists and turns, and like they, they are they start with the script. He does a really good job of burying those secrets and burying those narrative twists and turns. So you feel like life is just unfolding in the moment. Yeah. I think you I think it's really 
jarring how much you can feel every shift in this movie. Yeah, like, everybody knows you can see the seams. You can you can see the seams. Yeah. Is the salesman shot on digital? Glad you're bringing this up. Because I don't know. This but... movie is so ugly. Uh, yeah. And it just looks flat. And yeah. I don't remember feeling that way about the salesman. Um, <laughs> I spit out my why, beer. Why is that? Why, a, is that why was that funny? a laugh line? Because you said the salesman. The salesman. I'll, I'll get a paper. T- Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> it's called the salesman. The salesman. The salesman. I'm I did so do sorry. That intentionally, but that is it's, funny. It's the man. Seventy-five of sales. episodes. No one spit in mm. here. Um, but no. Sales, salesman is on digital. Okay. I think I don't remember it looking cheap. Everybody knows it looks cheap. Does it? And it looks flat. I agree. I don't think so. Well, here, I, I, I remember quite enjoying Maybe some it of was the projection because we did see the same we saw it together. projection. Uh, well, for you, me, well, I, thought, but I think it's. I mean, is it being ugly the same thing as what you're saying? Is, is that different than like, I thought some of the shots were very nice. There are oh, some, the framing's great. Yeah, there are some. In, the framing is great, but the lighting is bad. No, that's what and I want to talk is, about is the I, lighting. And, but it's mostly the quality of the camera is poor compared to. I think anything else he's ever done. I think and maybe that was a budget thing. Exactly. That's yeah. why I think it was Here's a, hard to get money. Two things I want to say. One, because I don't think I'll have another chance to say it. I do love the overhead shot of Javier Bardem with like his shirt like wrapped around his forehead and just like oh. dancing with everybody. And then all the lights go out and it mm-hmm. looks like a cut. It looks it looks like a cut where we're saying like three hours later into the uh-huh. night, but actually just all the lights are being cut yeah. out. I think that's a super effective shot. I think the framing There's some really interesting shots. But yeah, there are. For me, I... I don't care what he shot this on. You should be able to make a movie look good no matter what you are shooting mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. That is the task you are confronted with mm-hmm. when you make a movie. And of course, yeah. you can go after like sort of an ugly aesthetic. That's still the quote-unquote beauty that you are trying to right. achieve by creating a film, right? For me, it's all about lighting mm-hmm. in this movie, and that's where the problem, that's where the problem lies. Um, and I, you know, th- maybe this is just insane, but... He's dealing with so much more sun in Spain than he is in in where he shoots in Iran. And I'm not saying that, like, it's not sunny in Iran. Of course, we know it's always sunny in Iran. Um, Iran is the Philadelphia of the Middle East. But I... I don't like it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, everything felt overexposed. I was say, the daytime stuff specifically is what looks bad. And I love the last shot of this movie and the conceit, like I said earlier, and I love the framing, but it looks like. It looks like the footage from before he was rolling, you know? Like, it yeah. doesn't look lit right. Um, and then the fade to white, because, well, here's the other thing. So that fade to white made me think. Is he going after some sort of overexposed aesthetic to bring out the idea that, like, these secrets are hiding in broad daylight? You know, this the, the idea that, like, and I love this idea. Mm-hmm. That it's, like, why we like... Um, why we like a lot of um, LA, uh, like like LA neo noir, which is built just as much in light as it is in shadow a lot of yeah. the time, and it's this idea that it's the idea that we don't have. It's just the thing that like that secrets are hiding in broad daylight is basically what I'm getting at. So I think that could have been a choice. I just don't think it works. Yeah. I think it could work. That can see could work. I mean, I think it, it has worked with work so many movies in his other movies. Yeah, it just he's going for something here that doesn't. It's not executed properly. I agree. I think he, I do think it is just that there's a limitation with the camera and he did not lean into the limitation and he hide to, he tried to hide the limitation. That mm-hmm. That's always a problem. I just, I wonder, I, the budget question is fascinating. And again, this is purely yeah. speculative. We yeah. can never know. That certainly answers the mystery of why this movie looks so cheap. 
But he's coming off a second Oscar. I know. This movie got a lot of write-up in the trades. When I was writing for the film experience, I wrote up about I wrote something about I it. I remember like, the casting announcement that, and being like, it was oh, a fuck huge, yeah. It was yeah. a huge oh, deal. Fuck yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah. And then it immediately fizzled. There are literally a hundred uh company names at the top of this movie. But that's just, that's de rigueur for world cinema. Period. I suppose. It, yeah. it, it's co-productions. Yeah. We learned this in school. Like yeah. it's, that's just how a lot of world I know, but that's historically just, been made. The more there are, the more money, the, the harder it was to get the of, money. Of course, of course. But when, you know, but that's the thing about world cinema. Like there's no, um, or, or the contemporary world cinema anyway, because obviously the, there was Cinema City in Italy for a long time and blah, blah, blah. Um, my, my point is, is that in order to reach a budget that you can get with, one or two production companies here, you do have to stretch that out across many more because yeah. folks have less money to give when you're right. not in Hollywood, mm-hmm. right? But again, that's a pretty good. This is like another Farhadi movie. That's a pretty good we're, clue. We are we're drawing the clues. Yes, out. maybe the next Farhadi movie. So, oh, Brandon, say your thing. And the next Farhadi movie is us figuring out where he got the money <laughs> for everybody. Now. I, well, the thing about the thing about Farhadi movies is like everybody's like. How do you know and when did you know it? Yeah. <laughs> like at all times. Yes. I'm going to pee, but Great. if y'all want to keep talking. I just, I, I am not really compelled by any of the performances in this movie. Like, I, there's just something wrong with this movie. <laughs> For me. Just there's inherently just, wrong. There's just something off about everything. It does feel like Farhani on autopilot, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I felt like this was definitely him just like, following his formula, shooting at some new pretty locale mm-hmm. with pretty actors, yeah. right? But I don't know. I was still riveted. Well. Well. Well, that makes one of us. Brandon, can you just take a pill just and go to sleep? take a pill sleep? and go to sleep. I wish I could. Let's move I on I wish that homework. I had meant that in a bitchy way. I, I know. That would have been so good. I, know. I have been taking NyQuil, and usually NyQuil Are you taking NyQuil me. during the day? No, 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 but like at night. And I'm like, usually, that's Usually it knocks me the fuck out, but it hasn't. Uh. You need to, and then I pair it with a Benadryl. It's a shame that you don't smoke weed because, like, if you were to mm-hmm. if you were to take like Nyquil and eat a little bit of an edible, you would go to bed. Yeah. Maybe you should do it. He's not going Maybe. to. But I'm if, not going to. But I have a, I have a, I have a chocolate bar that I take when I have back pain, and mm. I take it at the end of the night sometimes when I can't sleep, mm. and I would be happy to give you some. Mm. No, I'll just suffer. Wow. <laughs> I love suffering. Brandon just, Same. Brandon just flashed the most winning smile after he said, I'll just suffer. Ding. Just like. I brought Dayquil. Brandon, can you just take Why those pills and go to bed? so long? What were you texting? Um, oh, I'm in charge. So, um, yes. I am the captain. So that's about done and everybody knows. I would recommend people see it. I yeah. mean, like, it is... The other thing I was going to say, and we are moving on, but the other thing I was going to say about the Penelope Cruz argument, the, like the star image argument that you're making, is like... In 20 years, I don't know if that's going to matter very much. Like, Penelope Cruz will be a timeless movie star. That's true. But when you're not faced with the immediacy of a career in its full bloom, Mm -hmm. these things don't matter as much. And it becomes sort of a fascinating curio. This is what I was going to say. Like, see the movie. Because in the whole of Farhadi's filmography, like... It's it's always I think it's I think it's what I think it's always important to watch not tours quote unquote bad movies as well as the good and sometimes you learn more about them as storytellers and as visual strategists through the bad through the mistakes they make makes you appreciate the good ones more and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great example of that. Like yeah. this is yeah. a great example of a movie that actually can be something of a Rosetta Stone. Um, it's, it's obviously not a nerd text. It's like his eighth film, but it's it's just a fascinating foot, footnote in, in, yeah. in the career. Okay, so. Brandon, do you want to move on to a separation or about L? Let's do 
about L. Okay. I love. There's never been a better movie. <laughs> it's so good. It's probably my favorite. I love when she's flying the kite right before she. Disappears. Is that not burning? It's burning. It is, is that not it's it's sunlight dance and burning? I, I had it's that. The, it, it's the moment of the movie. It's so good. That's yeah. That's that's when I made the biggest like Lee Chang Dong comparison. Mm. I was like, oh my god, he's Lee Chang Dong is just doing Varhadi or vice versa. And it's when mm. and it's why sort of about how you know did she drown? The body never washes up. At the end, it washes up, and I, like I it, I accept it. Yeah, I'm not so gonna I'm not gonna not like a movie because I wanted her to live. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not saying that it would have been more interesting if she did, but the way that it extinguishes hope actually is really fascinating. But just like when she's flying that kite and she's experiencing freedom, we later find out freedom from a fiance she's not in love with, mm-hmm. a mother who's not very kind, like a she's got a job teaching for all these asshole bourgeois mm-hmm. people's kids. Like she sees an opportunity to go. Yeah. And when she's flying, and the kite is such a beautiful metaphor for flying free in the wind, right? Ultimately, the kite's still connected to a string. Mm-hmm. It's the mortal coil. She dies in the water. But like, <laughs> I, I do, I, I do like the, I, like, I like the interpret, I, I enjoy the interpretation while I was watching that like, mm-hmm. the, the, the key to understanding the mystery is the kite scene. That is her moment of decision. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being a moment of decision to then save a kid. Right. But, and then, poor Ellie. And then she is the final shot of this movie the back of um Sepede um sitting at the dining table or is it um back in the car with the I can't remember. I think it's but I love I just love that shot of her, the back of her, and she's just like perfectly still, like mm-hmm. it's so upsetting. Goal shift to Farahani gives what is Easily one of the best performances of the new millennium in this movie, as Sepaday, in my opinion. So good. In the beginning, how she's just this like this this woman, this person we all know, who's just like flying by the seat of the pants because they know that they can in the moment negotiate their way through. They 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 underplan and they improvise. We all have this friend, and they somehow always get what they want. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't book the villa. She drove from there. Didn't didn't book the villa. She was setting up Ellie and the lead of uh, the salesman. Yeah. I think is who the actor is because that guy's in it, and yeah. the guy from a separation is in it. They're both in a separation. I know, but I'm yeah. saying I'm saying the leads. Right. Yeah. Um, and then it, in the end, it turns out like this was the time where not only did one of her plans fall through, but all of them fell through. Yeah. And just her watching, like the guilt she's experiencing, the shame that's being thrust upon her, like how she is just constantly trying to maintain and how she's questioning everything. Like, I just think it's an astonishing performance. Yeah. And I didn't know that Golshita Farahani's career went back this far. Yeah. I became aware of her during Patterson which Brandon and I saw together, if he remembers, at the landmark. And she plays, she plays Patterson's wife or a girlfriend. Yeah. She the, does. The, the, the poet who is, who is wonderful. I didn't um, realize that's who that was. I didn't realize until after the movie. Um, but I just think this is an astonishing performance. She's very good. I think she's very she's good. Very good. <clears throat> uh, she's very good. Oh, there she is on set with Adam Driver. I love that there's a full half an hour of Hangout. There is just like a. L- it's got to be longer than that. Mm-mm. It's um, Ellie disappears at thirty. Well, it's when does I see what dark. you mean? I when does all the water oh, happen? I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. There's yeah. a lot of water. What in is this? this the movie? piano? Oh, crashing waves. What is this? Roma. Oh. <laughs> what is this? 
I didn't have one. <laughs> I thought you were about to demolish us. You're like, what is this? Decalogue? I don't know. <laughs> I am... Serenity? Oh, what? that would have been it. That would have been it. Um, Ellie is the big tuna named Justice. When those waves are just crashing and the men are just swimming. Mm. Well, I'm really obsessed with the sound design in this movie. Mm. And also just the framing where... Oftentimes, you just have this raging ocean, like in the background. This this reminder of mortality. It's also like this hubris that is going to come for all these bourgeois people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, just the sound design at all times, you can hear them in the background. Before she dies, it's like this seaside getaway. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's this this what like yeah. What 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 is more relaxing than ocean sounds? You, you know, know what, what it reminds me of is summer hours. Oh yeah, the villain yeah. summer hours. I love summer hours. Hell yeah! But then how the ocean? Just let me finish the point how then after she disappears, it's just this constant like guilt mm-hmm. and suspicion churning mm-hmm. in the back of literally every single shot in yes. sound. Yes. Lucrecia Martel would be proud. Mm, she would. Mm. What is the first shot? What's going through the slot? And then Mail. like, oh, I'm glad and, you then it, like and then it like switches to being the tunnel. It's a beautiful match. And I was like, oh, yeah. <gasps> my I, Farhadi knows how to open a fucking movie. And this is like his second or third movie, I think. Like this is yeah. really advanced shit. Like I think it's I think Fireworks Wednesday is the first. I think that's right. I just didn't do enough research coming in, so I don't want to say the I think wrong that's thing. Right, but I could be wrong. But I believe Brandon that it is shocking. I'll be in- confidently wrong. <laughs> I think that it's from the inside of a It'll mailbox. It'll get you far. It's from inside of a mailbox, right? And like the le- yes. those are letters being put in. Yes. Um, and then and it's then a match cut we, to we, the tunnel. From the strip of light to the light in the tunnel. Mm. It is brilliant. Mm. And I just saw Schindler's List for the first time last night, because we're talking about it next week. The cut between the extinguished candle uh-huh. and the smoke coming from the train. Yeah. I gasped. But we'll talk about that next week. Spoiler. Spoiler Schindler's List masterpiece good movie Who would have really really good, good movie, movie. one of the quick i mean it is we'll talk about it next week yeah but it, it for, for as difficult subject material it is it does not feel like three and a half hours no it moves yeah. that movie moves yeah. and you're invested and i can't wait to talk it. about that just because like what he's depicting versus how he depicts it mm-hmm. is a fascinating uh contrast mm-hmm. that is just as a dichotomy like yeah. using Spielbergian movie making tactics with such difficult yeah. and important subject matter it's provocative mm-hmm. I find it interesting that's why it. people like don't like it I know, you know? but I think of, it has I, become a controversial opinion we'll we'll talk we are talking we're talking about this next week yes yeah. we'll have a whole episode about this yes I would like to talk about this isn't in everybody knows because it doesn't take place in Iran but the gender politics of about Ellie and the separation are insane. Yes. Well, yes. yes. This is what I mean by the... And the the religious politics. Of course. Yes, the cultural. They're they're part part and parcel. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is what I mean by... These films are built upon suspicion between people, how one misdeed unravels into a thousand transgressions. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the plot is put into place because of the social structure that they are in mm-hmm. and the, in Iran, the government, the, the yeah. theocratic institution that is mm-hmm. ruling the state. I mean, mm-hmm. in a separation, none of this would happen if it weren't, we'll get to talk about this when we talk about right. a separation in a few minutes, but all of this is happening because of rules that are set up between men and women mm-hmm. and, um, and what is appropriate, what is a sin and what is a sin yeah. yep. to People. be with a nude man. That's not your husband. Mm-hmm. Right. Characters always checking in like, yeah, is this a sin? Mm-hmm. Well, the opening, she literally calls and I'm switching. She calls to a separation, line, yeah. but yeah, she calls. Like, well, I, yeah. the first shot of a separation is a brilliant, just a beautiful mm-hmm. shot. I mean, it's instantly iconic mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons. That's the scanning. Oh yes, I, I yes that that is the 
which is amazing. I can't even. I'm thinking of the two shots. That's what I'm thinking. Of, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm realizing Brandon well, it is comes right. Right after the scanning, Brandon oh, is right. These I don't are, remember these the, are the scanning, first image. But oh, I believe you. I'm obsessed. It's oh, on the opening credits. We are the camera is underneath the Xerox, and we are watching every single character's passport and papers getting scanned on a Xerox. Oh. Every like all these strangers at the beginning, mm-hmm. we don't know who these people are, yeah. but they're all going. And this is just classic for Hadi. All these people who really don't have much in common or, or normally wouldn't be lumped into the same drama get lumped mm-hmm. into the same drama mm-hmm. also, I mean also we're talking about gender we're talking about religion let's not forget class mm-hmm. I mean class struggle Bill it is responsible for all three of the movies that we're talking or, or, or a class divide uh-huh. Javier mm-hmm. Bardem is the servant son who inherits the vineyard and that creates a clash mm-hmm. in a separation it's these poor fo- these these poor fundamentalist folks with mm-hmm. this sort of intellectual like upper middle class family mm-hmm. and how their impressions about one another their preconceptions and then does it even need to be said about Ellie like the, the teacher versus all these like middle class people and yeah. how they don't actually care about her that much and mm-hmm. not actually that interested in her or getting to no know one her knows her name no one yeah no yeah, one knows, no one knows her name. anything about her yeah no but, one has they're on a trip with her and they haven't asked her these questions but it's, ben, not, it's one thing to not know going into the trip but yeah. they haven't asked her. but of course ben why i mean what 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 does she have better going on than to be set up with their friend from germany That's she's true. just she's just a poor teacher like what yeah. could she possibly have going on that is more that that like how, how is this opportunity mm-hmm. not more advantageous to her than anything in her life you know what That's i mean right. and then we find out like oh guess what she had this entire life yeah. um but anyway yeah I, I sort of oh but but the the opening shot of a separation after the opening credits it's from the point of view of the, not not just justice, but of the Iranian culture, the Iranian yeah. government. Mm-hmm. Um, that two shot. It's fascinating. Glow. Well, how that two shot becomes like close ups and also it's just wild how the this, appeal to this the camera court system works. Yeah, it is, oh yeah, it is a fascinating look into. There are people coming in and handing papers from different cases, and he's talking to four different cases well, at once and. And there's, it is wild to watch there is mm-hmm. the, to not be from that culture. There is the moment mm-hmm. where, um, I don't remember the character's name, but the the father <clears throat> is telling the judge like that his daughter is the one who told him that she was pregnant or, or that she got in the phone number uh, for, the, for the gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out into the hall and she's like, what's he going to ask me? And he makes the choice to be like, I'm not going to tell you because they've just had this important moment where she finds out that he was lying to the judge and it's sort of thrown the daughter's idea of justice right. into question. But then when she goes in to see the judge, the judge just assumes he told her what to say. Right. No one was monitoring that. Mm-hmm. Like how easy would it be to manipulate the system? Yeah. You know? Yep. And of course you imagine. They're of course- not with lawyers. No. No one has a lawyer in no. this situation. Yeah. It's a mess. It's crazy. I have to pee. Oh yeah. Go okay. For it. But keep going. Pee. What are you peeing? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really have more to say. I mean, it's I the really sort of... I just wanted to talk about that Penelope point. That's really all I got today. It's sort of like, <laughs> we're about to watch the Oscars. I know. Brandon is on his deathbed. Yeah. You have had this prolonged cold for weeks, and now you're waiting for Glenn Close to win an Oscar. And I've been doing sound work all morning. Yeah, I've been eating junk food all day. Ugh, and had to you, had to no. clean vines off my house. Mm. And no matter how much tea or coffee I drink, just can't wake up. And also I, I got really primed for this podcast and we were supposed to do it on Thursday. I had like all my points ready and now I'm on our homework for next week. And so I'm already, and I mean, I was rearing to go. I find these films fascinating. Um, I think they're riveting. I think they're dark. I think they're, I think they're complicated. 
Um, I think that it's unfair that in about Ellie, they asked John Dealman to let them into this seaside villa that was abandoned mm. and she had to, you know, she, she, you know, all she was trying to do was like give these people a good honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And then she just says when the fiance comes by, like just shame out the drowned bride. And then that sort of sets off this whole thing where they're, and it's not John Dealman's fault. And yet it's not. again, because she's lower class, they were like, let's have a laugh. Right. You know, they have to laugh. But anyway, I did. I mean, I, when we announced that we were going to do, when we decided in our group text, we were going to do this later. I was like, Oh great. I can watch the past. I can watch the salesman. Yeah. Cause I was just lit on for hottie like mm-hmm. Brandon was, but it's like, I don't have time. I have to watch Chandler's yeah. list. We have our lives. We yeah. have our lives to lead. Our lives. Just like Penelope Cruz in everybody knows. Everybody does know. And it's She's not a good situation. Life. And her, I will her say his muddy shoes. Why are pants wet? <laughs> There's a shot that I really like. And everybody knows where Irene is holding her camera or her her camera phone out mm-hmm. the top of the sunroof at the beginning and showing her dad the landscape. Mm-hmm. It's like might be the best shot in the movie. Yes, and, actually, yes. And I not a good sign when the best shot in your movie takes place three minutes in. Yeah, and it's kind of a nothing point. Yeah, I mean, it's it sort of like sets up. It sets up this idea of like distance between the mm-hmm. father. There's always just something compelling about digital technology being brought yeah. into an analog world. Mm-hmm. It sort of situates the movie in that way, but, you know. And also, you know, the, the relationship between the father and the daughter. Um, but anyway, so do we... I was just saying to Ben Brandon, welcome back, that it's... Thank you, I peed. I feel like there actually is so much to say, but based on how what we are all dealing with right now, it's just like, I don't think we can go on. You know what? Let's just close by saying, go watch Farhadi films. Yeah. Yes. And also, to be quite... To we be, all recommend them. To be frank, and if anyone makes it this far, like, pat yourself on the back, like, you major cinephile you mm. our foreign episodes never really get the un- unless it's something like burning or an a24 movie which i guess high life is the first foreign film but like that a24 type of sheen yeah. our foreign film episodes never really get much many listens anyway so i think <laughs> i think it's okay that we're that we're yeah this sort of, is for our really inner circle listeners and they're gonna be like oh we get it we oh, got yeah. oh we know oh we everybody knows end. yeah this is for our patreon <laughs> Yeah, this is Patreon content. Yes. Mm. So anyway, um, I I feel comfortable saying this has been another episode of Movies IMO, of Moviesimo. Farhadi's next movie will be in Italian, and we will do a Moviesimo episode. Hell yeah. Is that true? No. (laughs) Uh, I wish. Please give us five stars. Please. uh, Please. Please. Please give us five stars on iTunes. from the past. (laughs) From the past. The past is never fully buried, Benjamin. (laughs) The past is actually the present. Um, the Oscars are over when you're listening it's to this. It's very difficult to keep the line between the past and the present. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh. My name... Oh, no. Very good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Brandon, thank you too. Brandon, Brandon, thank you for coming today. I know you're feeling ill. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm here for the Oscars. <laughs> I'm here for Glenn. And the snacks. I'm mostly Thank here you. for snacks. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Same. Rate us five stars on iTunes, please. Uh, we're on most other platforms. We're not on Stitcher. Or no, we're, we are on Stitcher. We're not on Spotify. We're not on Spotify. Fuck And Spotify. by the way, we're also not on Amazon. Because fuck are Amazon. I mean, that's just sort of an opportunity for me to be like, fuck Amazon. Yeah, fuck Amazon. Our, fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Our next episode is about why it's great that that campus didn't end up in Queens, mm. why it's fantastic, why it would have ruined that community, not given jobs. It would have priced all the families out. Yes. 
We're talking about that next week. We will also be talking about the year night. Oh no, I'll talk about that after we say goodbye. Okay. Um, do it on iTunes and tell us if you were to help kidnap any member of your family, who would it be? Oh. Tell us. Who would you want to drown oh. in the ocean? Phantom. <laughs> Elizabeth Kirby. Tell us. If you fly a kite, are you going to disappear? <laughs> are you going to drown? Oh. Would you drown if you went to save children from the ocean, or would you not drown? <laughs> Tell us. All right. <laughs> My name's... We're moving to My name's Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. If I had been in that group at About Ellie, it would have been like a horror film where, you know, people watch horror movies and they're always like, why did people stick around? You should have just like ran out of there. The second the police left, I would have been like, all right, everybody, I'm out. (laughs) I didn't know her. I had nothing to do with this. Good luck. I'm out of here. That would have been me. Bye. What? Oh, I'm Braden Kirby. BK Kirby is on me internet. (laughs) His poor brain is scrambled. On me internet. (laughs) Ben just. It's like very jolly. (laughs) Was like a leprechaun. Every time Ben is saying jolly, he is sticking um, both his hands on his hips and turning his body towards the mic. And on head. me, internet. My name is Ben <laughs> MB. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. Next week, we are talking about the motion picture year 1993 Very and the Oscars. Well, hey, we're done with the Oscars, but like it will have been a week. Like, yeah, no one's gonna care. About let that. me just let me just no. be very upfront. We are not little gold men. Yeah. Uh, we love all of our listeners. If you want Oscar talk, we generally get into it. But like, if you want like a pure Oscar talk, listen to Ann Thompson. Mm. Like, we don't. We're not. That's not. I can be her, <laughs> Brandon. I would love for you to go as Ann Thompson for Halloween this year. Thank you. I will. I just, I just mean like, I, I'm sorry if we're disappointing anybody that we're not doing like an Oscars recap episode apart from our 1993 episode, right. but like we don't have the bandwidth and yeah. we're just like you. Follow I'm us on sick. Twitter. We just gave you our ads. We're all sick boys. <laughs> I'm sick of the world. But anyway, we are talking about the year in film, 1993. We will be discussing Jane Campion's The Piano. Steven Spielberg's Schindler's List. Wow. Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Holy shit. Robert Altman's Shortcuts. <gasps> Kislavsky's Three Colors Blue, <gasps> and celery topics include The War Room, There's The Age of movie. Innocence, Groundhog Day. I'm not watching The War Room. No, I'm saying ancillary topics. Oh. Like, we, one, I might bring up The War Room. There was another required viewing that you forgot, though. Jesus. Oh, The Age of Innocence. I thought I just said The Age of Innocence. No. I thought that that was not required because we'd all seen it. Oh, well, I thought it was required. We, I mean, I'm just, I will. I, no, I am working with the framework of I'm talking about it. In fact, I'm thinking about watching that tonight and then waking up early to watch Three Colors Blue. Um, I might do what I did last week, which is I watched the first hour of A Separation in the morning and then I finished it on my lunch break, which wow. was very nice. Wow. Big wow. So uh, wow. Con- congratulations to Glenn Close. Wow. Mm. Uh, wow. The housewife's wow. And Brandon. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Brandon. Can you just quickly take a pill and go to bed? Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much. <laughs>